This is the Patriots Catch-22 Podcast with Evan Lazar and Alex Barth. I'm Evan Lazar. Evan Lazar. Evan Lazar. Hello, everybody. Nailed it. Joined, as always, by our Barth. That's a bit. That's a match. No risk it, no risk it. 22. Here is Evan Lazar and Alex Barth. Something about the draft just gets the fanboy Evan out, like, even more so than, than in season. Yeah. It, 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 just for some reason, I just love the draft. I love the prep work. I love the lead up to it. I love the actual draft itself. And I, I, I'm ready to be heard again. Well, Alex, I love the draft. Delay the hurt. We're in the middle of the draft. Delay the hurt. But you can delay the hurt. Delay the hurt. Delay the hurt. Because the Patriots did what all of us wanted them to do last night, and that was select a player, a blue chip, a premium talent at a premium position, a name brand cornerback in Christian Gonzalez with the 17th overall selection. Evan Lazar, Alex Barth with you for the next Let's call it hour and 15. We've got a busy day down here today, yeah. Alex. Uh, we have assistant coaches coming up in the 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock hour, and then we got Christian Gonzalez is going to be here out on the field at Gillette Stadium at around 5 o'clock, so he's going to be here doing the ceremonial uh, first-round selection press conference and jersey presentation out on the field with Mr. Kraft and the media. So that will be a lot of fun. I think we're also going to be able to get Christian Gonzalez in here uh, with uh, with Paul and Fred and, and Mike as well uh, for a quick uh, radio interview with the first rounder. So we're going to talk a lot of Christian Gonzalez today, obviously. Uh, that's the topic of the day. But we're also going to set the table for night two yeah. because this is where I feel like Alex, that uh, you and I uh, really make our hay is knowing yeah. the these parts of the draft and what what's still available and who's still out there for the Patriots. So you can join the conversation and uh, give your opinion on who you want to see the Patriots target tonight on day two of the NFL draft. Eight five five Pats five hundred Web Radio at Patriots dot com. Give us a call and we will uh, break it down for you. We can break it down with you. But let's start with Christian Gonzalez and I think the. I want to say this before we get into it. I have two things to yeah. to say off the top. One, I I don't want to hear a single person in my mentions, a single person on my on the phone screen, t- say that we're we're just seeing this with Patriots colored glasses because both of us had Christian Gonzalez as our number one corner a week ago, a day yeah. ago, three months ago since the combine. Since the combine, the combine was when I like. Because remember, going into the combine, I was locked on Joey Porter. Yeah, and I I thought Keely Ringo was up there. I that coming away from the combine, maybe my biggest take on any player. Well, well, no, because we found out about Zach Koontz, but like up there, yeah, was this Christian Gonzalez kid is the real deal. Yeah. This is elite movement skills, and at a position like cornerback, the ability to move right, not just be fast, but be quick, change direction, move in small spaces, react quickly, yeah. physically, things like that. It's so important at that position. Yes, since the draft, I have said this: that he is the best corner in the draft. I did not have him on my Patriots board simply because I thought there was no shot he was there. Yeah. I didn't even think they'd be able to trade up high enough to get him. And I know there's a report out now from, uh, I think it was, it was Albert Breer, Jeff Howe, that the Patriots did consider at one point trading up to yes. get Christian Gonzalez. But, no, he was start to finish, or combine to finish, the best corner in the draft. Yes, so this is not 
oh, the Patriots drafted him, and now all of a sudden we're crushing on the guy. No right? revisionist history yeah, here. This is 100% our, our genuine feelings about the player going into the draft, regardless of what uniform he was going to wear coming out of the draft. You just mentioned the Patriots had conversations about trading up. That is my understanding as well, that they did have those conversations. They ended up not making a deal, obviously, to move up, and they moved back in the draft. But uh, people in the building are ecstatic, not just us. Not us yeah. in the building, but people in the that important people in the building are ecstatic about this pick. I think they feel like they got a number one corner, and then they sweetened it even more. The cherry on top was getting the fourth round pick and the trade down and still being able to land Gonzalez at 17. So you mentioned a lot of the things that uh, we both like about him on film. I think it's twofold. One, the movement skills and the athleticism and how fluid and smooth he is in coverage, and then obviously what he did at the combine. Uh, those things just stand out at you, number one, as – a first round talent. Yeah. A guy that ran a four three eight at six foot one, two hundred pounds, forty one and a half inch forty one and a half inch vertical, uh, excellent combine workout on the field, and really just incredible movement skills on film and smoothness hip fluidity foot speed uh, ability to just carry anything and everything all over the field. Extremely impressive player, but I think that was what stands stands out and makes him a first round talent. What really sold me as not only my number one corner, but my number one player for the Patriots in this draft was his instincts and also uh, the fact that he is so well-versed in a lot of different coverage schemes. This is not a player that is very pigeonholed to he's a man corner, he's a zone corner, right. uh, he's a cover two corner, he's a he's a, a post-safety guy, right? This is somebody that did everything and everything uh, and anything. We got some static. A, yeah, I didn't know if that was me or not. A, a wild a wide breadth of coverage systems and schemes at Oregon and I was trying to figure it out why I saw that and and, and what there we go there you I go you fixed it, it. Uh, I was trying to figure out six minutes what the missing piece was in my head yeah. I was like this looks really patriot like and then Mac Rowe connected the dots for me last night in his uh, post round one press conference mentioning that the Oregon defensive coordinator used to be the defensive coordinator at Alabama. Oh, okay. Now it's starting to make sense. And of course, Dan Lanning, the coach at Oregon, who's an offensive guy, but he came from uh, Georgia as well. And so so, Kirby smart, Kirby smart, Nick Saban, uh, their defensive coordinator, I'm blanking on his name now, I'll look it up in a second. Uh, he also spent some time in the NFL, so he's been in pro systems. He's been with all-time great coaches like Nick Saban. Uh, he was Alabama's defensive coordinator. So the point is is that the coverage system and the schemes that they were running at Oregon were basically Alabama, right? right. And now – when you come to New England, uh, you have a lot of the same thing. So this is a player that moves like a first-round corner and also has the mental makeup and experience in man coverage, press, off-man, match zones, complex coverage rotations and schemes that we know Bill Belichick loves. So he's got the mental side of it down. He's got the physical side of it down. I, I really am just couldn't be more over the moon about the pick. And I think they're also just a last thing. They're set up so well for the rest of the draft yeah. now as well that they, as we'll get to, you know, day two guys and things like that here in a second, they have a real chance to now knock this thing completely out of the park with the ammo uh, still having 11 selections in 
four, four, fourth round picks that they can then use maybe today. I think they want to use yeah. today to move around the board a little bit. So I, I agree with everything you said on Gonzalez. I think, you know, one trait that you, I, I maybe you don't feel the same way I do, or, or you just didn't mention it. His ability to put his foot in the ground and change direction and react, right? Yeah. Even when he gets beat initially, he's got great burst to close the gap. Yeah. And you think he's beat, and then boom, he's there. And that's something where, as he sees more football, right, as his instincts improve, and he mentions instincts are very good, but they're good for a guy who's entering the NFL. As he starts yeah. to see things, that's going to be something where he's going to be able to really, he has the skill set physically to bait quarterbacks and bait receivers into thinking they're open because there's a number of plays in college you watch where, like, I don't want to say he gets beat and recovers. I think some of it's intentional where you think he's beat. You're like, there's no way he's going to close that gap in time. Yeah. And then he does. One other thing I really like about Gonzalez, you kind of talked about him as a player, just to, to touch on him as a fit for the Patriots overall. I think a perfect final piece for that cornerback room. Felt like they were a piece short coming in. And you look at the setup now. You have Christian Gonzalez and Jack Jones on the boundary. Marcus Jones and Jonathan Jones in the slot. But now you can play Jonathan Jones at safety if you want. Right. You can play him at boundary if you want. Totally frees up Jalen Mills to play safety. Yeah. The other thing I really like is, you. Have, I don't want to say contrasting styles, but you have these two different styles now in your two top boundary corners. And by the way... After Jonathan Jones, your top three corners are all signed. Team control for the next three years. Now, right, with Jack Jones, Marcus Jones, Christian Gonzalez. Yeah. You have on one side Christian Gonzalez, who is more of a... He's a shutdown corner. He is a guy that is... You're not going to see him a lot. I Hopefully, we don't say his name a lot. He doesn't put up a lot of numbers because he is just taking receivers out of games. He's not giving quarterbacks windows. Yeah. The ball's not going his way. And then on the other side, you have Jack Jones, who's the ball hawk, right. who's the guy that is going to try to bait quarterbacks, is the guy that's going to go for that boomer bust, the all or nothing, trying to create turnovers, get his hands on the football. And even you know a guy like Kyle Duggar at the safety right. position being that ball hawk and somebody that can go ahead and turn the football over, I think. They have a lot of ball hawks yeah. right, in their secondary, so to get a guy that's just sort of locked down, but I like that you can have those two different styles both on the field Absolutely. at the same time. And now you get into that three-man boundary corner rotation, yeah. which is what they really want to have. And they have when they're at their peak defensively. You go back to like... I don't know if he's coming off the field, Alex. Christian when, Gonzalez? Once he gets here and you see how, how good he can play basically anywhere, but especially had, on the boundary. I, I think that this is a guy that... Why I'm so bullish on this yeah. pick is that this is a guy that... We have seen it here before. It's Ty Law, it's Darrell Revis, it's Aqib Talib, it's Stephon Gilmore. I don't want to put those types of expectations on him, but that's the idea. And I think as a Patriot fan, that's what makes this pick so soothing. Like, yeah. so just, okay, like we see what you see, not only from the skill set and the player itself on the film, but also we see the vision. Right. of what you're going for here with this player that, okay, our defense was really good. 
last year and even the year before but to get to that next step of being a truly elite defense that missing ingredient for bill belichick is always that shut down number one corner yeah they like to play man we know that they like to shadow guys they like to match up they like to say you got Diggs, you got davis you got dalton kincaid now right in buffalo and he's the type of guy that you can go into the room on tuesday and wednesday and say gonzalez has whoever right yeah. and then we can figure out the rest of it from there so who's your comp then you just rattled off a bunch of names i compared him pre-draft to patrick sertan okay in denver because the main reason being i think both of those guys it just looks like it's easy for both of them yeah. when they play and i would also just say their fluidity and their hip transitions are similar but I, that Patrick Sertan's dad obviously played in the league. Right. Christian Gonzalez th- th- had, comes from a family of athletes. Like his sisters are like yeah. Olympic track runners. I think his and, dad plays basketball. Yeah. Right? Played so, basketball. so there, he just comes from that type of family, not necessarily a football family, but just a family of athletes. So I think that though those two guys have some pedigree similarities too. It's just it being able to run a four, three, eight is just in Christian Gonzalez's blood. Like he was always right. going to be fast. It was funny. Somebody last night had the theory and I want to get into why he fell, but somebody last night had theory. He fell cause he made it look too easy. The yeah. teams were like, is this guy trying? Yeah. Right. Which he was, yeah. I think he was, but it's just, it's that natural. I, I don't want to do it to the kid, but I've seen enough other people say this, that I'm going to say it. Oh, there are flashes of Stefan Gilmore in his game. There is a little bit. And I think they're a little different, but go ahead. Like, I, I don't know that he becomes like, – Stefan Gilmore is Defensive Player of the Year, right? That's yeah. such a lofty well, Patrick expectation. Sertan might be the best corner in football now. Right. So. But, like, that kind of player where it's – you're just going to put him on the side. You're going to – like you said, you're going to either put him on one side, you're going to put him on one receiver, and you're going to play 10 on 10 yes. after that, right? That's the guy you hope he becomes. So that's – I don't know. I – I, the other thing about it, too, and this was one very brief interaction we had with him last night on Zoom from the draft, but, like, personality-wise, it kind of felt like he had that quiet Yeah, that's, that, that's what, what when I was at the Combine, yeah. I, I spent a lot of time at Christian Gonzalez's podium, Okay, and that's that was the impression I got as well, quiet kid, reserved yeah. kid, not that he lacks confidence in himself, right. but just not one of those outwardly so, aggressive speakers. So for people who don't know, I mean, you remember this when Steph Gilmore was here. Because everybody yeah. thinks of these like shut down corners as like these big Deion personalities, Sanders right? Types. Deion Sanders. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, why, why am I blanking on his name? From Seattle. Know. Oh, R- Sherman. Richard Sherman. Uh, yeah, Richard Sherman. Yeah. Um, everybody thinks of that kind of player. And, you know, then Stephon Gilmore comes in and I, I it's, it, it was different. Like we covered him, right? Remember? Yeah. And, You'd go to his locker and he'd speak at his locker. There's all those reporters around him. And unless you were in the front row, you couldn't hear him because he was yeah. like whispering. Yeah. You know, this doesn't seem like the kind of boisterous corner you think. But then you get in the front row one day and you hear what he's saying. And he's like, yeah, I can shut him down. I'm the best corner in football. Yeah. And like he's whispering it, but yeah. the confidence was there. And he, it was like this quiet killer kind yeah. of thing. It was kind of badass. I sort of, you, you've interacted with him more than me, but I kind of got that vibe with Gonzalez last night where like, he was very mellow, especially a guy who just got drafted in the NFL. He's very mellow, but the words were right. Yeah, The delivery wasn't what you would expect, but the words were right, and I loved that. Yeah, so I could definitely see the Gilmore comp from a personality standpoint. I think coming in, 
Gonzalez has a little bit more experience in some of the zone coverages and the off man coverages. Gilmore, I mean his his Twitter handle is literally bumping and yeah, and yeah. Brian Gilmore, right? Like he was a physical get in your face, get in your in your shorts and and ride you down the field type of guy. I I think Gonzalez can do that. I think that's in his ba- in his bag if he wants to play that way. But I, I look at him as a little bit more finesse okay. than than Gilmore, and I think that that word is an important word to segue us into the the question that you just presented because it's a fair question this is a player that everybody in the media and even the Patriots macro comes out and admits that they were a little bit surprised that he made it all the way to the teens right everybody else had him a much higher on their board so why did Christian Gonzalez fall from a top 10 pick by most consensus to the 17th overall pick it's a fair question and I think the one thing that really stands out from what everybody has to say about him is that he is not a very physical player. You know, you look at a guy like Devin Witherspoon, uh, Devin Witherspoon is a junkyard dog, right? right? That he is a physical, physical football player. Gonzalez is more of that pitter patter quiet, but matching you all over the field. And all of a sudden you're like, this guy's just all over me all the time. Like I, I can't shake him, but he's not necessarily somebody that is going to lay the boom when he gets an opportunity to to hit somebody. Uh, I think that he's a more physical press man corner than people give him credit for. That's the one thing I will push back on. You go watch him against Michael Wilson in Stanford. He's in Michael Wilson's face the entire game, and and he does a nice job with two-hand jams of suffocating the route and playing the football and some of the things that I think other people had concerns, but the tackling ability uh, is something that's come up and the physicality at the catch point is something that's come up, you know, being able to uh, avoid getting boxed out and battle at the catch point with bigger receivers. The tackling thing to me, I, I can see some instances where he might get boxed out a little bit down the field by some bigger guys. The tackling thing to me is totally bizarre because Last year at Oregon, he had three missed tackles the entire season. Three. He had more the season before that at Colorado. But now we're going back to two years ago, his true sophomore season when he's 19 years old, playing in a Power 5 conference, and we're, we're knocking him for the eight missed tackles that he had at Colorado the year before. I don't see a guy, I guess my point is, is I don't see a guy that's unwilling to tackle when I watch him. Is he the biggest hitter? Is he somebody that's going to be physical and, and another essentially player and run support that's going to be a factor for offenses to block? I No, I, I don't think that, that he's that type of guy. But I also don't think that's why you drafted him. You drafted him to cover receivers. You drafted right. him uh, to shut down Stephon Diggs. You didn't draft him to tackle Damien Harris now now in Buffalo, right? Or, or to tackle, uh, you know, anybody else. So I, I think that that's something that's a little bit harsh uh, to sit there and, and, and start to talk about his tackling and his unwillingness to tackle or, or his inability to tackle. I, I didn't necessarily see any of, of those things. I just don't think that he's one of those guys that, that really brings it physically in, in the run game. And, I got to tell you, you just mentioned, we just talked about a comparison to Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore didn't really want to play the run either, quite frankly. I remember talking to him a few times uh, about, uh, you know, playing the run and, and being more physical against the run. And he was like, look, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna do my part. I'm going to try my hardest against the run, but I, I'm here to cover receivers. Like, I'm not right. here to – I'm not a linebacker, okay? So – 
I got to push back on that a little bit. I think the biggest thing with him is that that people have to remember, and this I, I think is is maybe the biggest reason why he ended up falling is he's only twenty years old, and he he's, turns twenty one in June. Yeah, he's still got a long way to go. I think in terms of his football life, just in general, and it, I'm not saying he's immature or anything like that, but he's got he's got some seasoning to do. You know, he's an excellent athlete. I think he's got great instincts for, for the game, uh, but he's just got to play more football and continue working on his craft. And I, I think that that's something that some teams looked at and, and thought, okay, you know, maybe this isn't a plug and play day one sauce gardener, like superstar at corner. I, I didn't grade him out that high either. I, I have him as a year one starter, but not a year one star. I, I think that that's, that's fair. Uh, all the play criticisms though the lack of physicality like I I saw it too but I don't think any of it is fatal flaw like none of it is uh, me looking at it and thinking he's not going to be a good pro because one time against Michael Wilson in Stanford he got boxed out on a high point you know jump ball and and Wilson caught it on him like okay I mean is he supposed to never give up a pass like I I mean we know how that works the guys give up give up plays like that's the NFL that's the league Uh, that's college football so I wouldn't. I push back on some of the the film concerns. The age thing. I, I think that there's something to be said for that. Legally, he could not celebrate with a beer last night. That, right. That, that's how young this kid is. So I, I think that there's not till June. I think that that's a little bit fair. I. It is interesting though, because the last two years they've taken two older prospects. Kyle Douglas was 24. Cole Strange was 25. Yeah. This so is it's, a, it's a very different. Thing. I'm gonna yep. offer another theory as to why he fell, and actually has nothing to do with him as a player. Um, 985sportsup.com, I wrote this up this afternoon. You know, he starts falling, and you start thinking back to N'Kobe Dean last year, right? Remember, we yeah. all thought N'Kobe Dean was a lock to be a first-round pick. He fell to the third. We didn't know why, and then we find out he had a shoulder injury. I don't think Gonzalez... I don't think that's the case with Gonzalez, but there yeah. are instances where guys fall outside of re- like football reasons. It's not like Gonzalez fell really amongst the cornerbacks. Yeah. Some people did have Witherspoon ahead of him. Witherspoon went first. Yep. Yes, Forbes jumping him is a surprise. To me, that's more about Washington being high on Forbes than low on Gonzalez because he also yeah. jumped Joey Porter. He also jumped Deontay Banks. He also yep. jumped Keely Ringo. Like, there were a lot of corners people had among Emmanuel Cam Forbes. Cam Smith. Yeah. Cam Smith. So, Devin Witherspoon goes fifth, right? Yeah. We don't get another corner for 11 picks. Then you get Emmanuel Forbes at 16, Christian Gonzalez at 17. What I think happened was, and we had speculated this, not to this extent, but we had speculated this maybe at, at a position like um, like tight end. Right. Which I think it sort of happened at tight end as well. There's so much cornerback depth in this class that teams said, well, wait. Yeah. Why are we taking Christian Gonzalez here when we can get Julius Brents later? Right. And then what happens is that snowballs because teams start realizing, wow, okay, if we're sitting here at 10, 11, 12, and Christian Gonzalez is still on the board, you know, it's going to push other guys further down. And now maybe we get a shot at a guy like Joey Porter on day two, which is going right. to be the case. Joey yeah. Porter which not going in the first round is crazy. But yeah. I think the cornerbacks individually were hurt by the talent of the cornerbacks collectively. I think that so many of these teams looked at it and said, we're not taking a cornerback today. There's so many good. There's going to be so many good ones on the board tomorrow. We're going to address another need with a thinner position. And you look at the early run on tackles. That's a thin position. You look at the early, like, I don't want to say early run, but you had a linebacker go. That's a thin well, position. Th- th- so that was another thing I was going to mention that's yeah. sort of along the same lines. 
quite frankly, some other teams messed it up. Right. You had two running backs go <laughs> like, in the top some, 12. Some, That's going to push other, them down. Some other teams just effed up. All right. It, talking to you, Detroit Lions. I think uh, they didn't They didn't screw it up the most. The Detroit. I, they, I think they did out. No, they didn't. They wait, did. All right. Wait. They I want to get to running this. back. Let me finish my, let me finish my point on Gonzalez. Hang on. Let me finish my point on okay. Gonzalez, and then I want to do this. Yeah. I, what I think, this is Patriots, Zig, while everybody else sags. Everybody else said there's so much cornerback talent on the board. We don't need to use a first-round pick to get the guy we want. We're going to wait. And so the Patriots said if everybody else is going to do that, we're going to attack the top of the board, and we're going to get a player that we probably shouldn't get with our pick because nobody's drafting at this position, period. Yeah. Brilliantly played. And yeah. in terms of the trade back, I know people are like, well, maybe they thought they'd lose him. You knew the Steelers were taking a tackle. Right. The Jets weren't taking a corner. They only risked it with Washington, but Matt Gross seemed to suggest they knew Washington liked Forbes. Yeah, I think everybody knew that Washington liked Forbes. I think the only second guess of the trade down yeah. is once the Jets lost their guy in Broderick yeah. Jones, them trading, trading out, out was the big and risk. Somebody leapfrogging the Patriots to take Christian Gonzalez while in in that fifteen spot. Right was probably the only risk. But I think you also read that as, because they're trading down from 14. Yeah. They probably knew. They know what teams are trying to come up. Right. They know what teams are trying to come up and get the guy. Maybe the Steelers are the only team they talk to. The yeah. Steelers underpaid to move up. That's very rare. I don't think there was a lot of demand to move up into that range in the draft. They may have yeah. felt comfortable that, well, if nobody's calling us here at 14, who's calling the Jets at 15? Right. So I they played the board. Now, you want to say they played the board beautifully? Do you want to say they got lucky? Probably a little bit of both. They they played, I, I, they played the board they, very well. I played, think they played the board very well. They played well. the game. They is played what the they game. Did. They did when we when we used to on our old show, right? Yes. Go to PFF mock drafts right. and go. We'd spend fifteen minutes on a pick, and if we yeah. move down, it's this and that. Yeah. That's exactly what they did. Yeah. Speaking of what the Jets did, right? They blew it more than the Lions. So. I, I want to talk about that in a second, just to wrap up yeah. what, what you were saying there. And again, that whole point, if you want it uh, to read it, 985thesportsup.com. I think that the the main thing that that they had to have seen or looked at or felt was there had to have been another player or two that break JSM. glass, worst-case scenario – Somebody slides into 15 and trades out with the Jets and sweep, swoops in and takes Christian Gonzalez out from under you, whether it was Deontay Banks, whether it was pivoting to another position and taking a guy like JSN. They had to have been a plan B. And that's a question that I think you have to weigh in these situations is, would you be okay with Deontay Banks and the 120th overall pick in the trade down and not getting your guy in Christian Gonzalez. Now, it ended up working out, right? So we all this second-guessing and all this what-if really doesn't make a difference. But right. that was, I think, what those are the conversations that go on. We know those are the conversations that go on. And whether it was Banks or JSN had a different a guy at a different position, I, I think it was Banks, personally. Yeah. He just seems like such a Patriot player. And if, yeah. they, if they were going corner, I, I think Banks was their plan B. And then he also went to the Giants, which I, I think that they have some similar thinking of the way that yeah. they do things. So I think that Banks was probably their plan B, and I think ultimately they, they were okay with either guy. Now, they obviously had Christian Gonzalez rated higher. That's why they took Gonzalez and not Banks, because they're right. both available at 17, and they took Gonzalez. I, 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 I would say they got that one right, too. I would say they got it right as well. And I'm not going to sit here 
and give them all this credit for for playing the the game correctly and and having it all work out in their favor. But the one thing that I really want to give them credit for is they effed the Jets. And I oh, am always, so good. I am always fine with effing the Jets. That's it. And it was fantastic to watch in real time because you saw it coming. You too. saw it coming, and you knew the Jets wanted Broderick Jones. They needed tackle, 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 tackle. All off season for the Jets was the position in the draft. Darnell Wright gone to Chicago. Right, which we'll Darnell talk, Wright going early is what kicked this we'll, off. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Broderick Jones going at fourteen to Pittsburgh with the Patriots, knowing that that was the Jets guy. That was the icing on the cake of night yeah. one. That was the the cherry on top of the Sunday for the Patriots and then the Jets as you just mentioned not only do they not get their guy in Broderick Jones they panic draft Will McDonald like they they panicked right that's what I said last night 15 picks early so my theory was fantastic because they had like what I think 42 43 right yes my theory was they lost their guy at 14. Right. And they were like, who, who do we have next? Yeah. Uh, well, this is the guy we we're going to take at 42. Whatever, take him now. Yeah. Like that kind of thing, right? Where they right. didn't have a plan B at 14, so they just had to go to the 42nd pick. I had Will McDonald as my eighth edge guy on the board. Uh, not yeah. on the board. Some of the guys have gone. But I had him eighth overall. Um, I had Nolan Smith ahead of him, which Nolan yeah. Smith fell. Yes. I was very surprised like a, by that. Like an anchor. I had Nolan Smith ahead of him. I had Miles Murphy ahead of him. I had yeah. uh, Adabare ahead of him. Yeah. I had uh, Uzoma Van, ahead of him. Van Ness was ahead of him, but he was off the board. He was off the board. I, yeah. I, I Well, no, I'm talking about the guys that didn't I go. I think I had it. I, I had I Keon think, White ahead of him, too. I, I, I had... I had McDonald up there because I, what I liked about his game was he has a lot of tools in the toolbox. Yeah. He's got a bunch of different pass rush moves that are really effective, but... Not, that, I thought he was an end of the first round, early second round guy. And this is the thing that I will give Bill Belichick a little bit of credit for. Because yeah. as much as it would have pained all of us, Bill Belichick in the spot that the Jets were in last night, Bill Belichick trades down. He says, "Yeah, nothing you can do. You know, they, they took our guy a pick ahead of us. and And you say, oh, how do you know that, Evan? They did this when Justin Jefferson got drafted by Minnesota, right? So instead of reaching on Kyle Duggar in the first round, when Minnesota took Justin Jefferson, the Patriots traded out of their pick and they went down to the next tier and they took their second round guy a little bit early. Here's in the what I wonder. Round. Was that option not there for the Jets? Nobody wanted to trade last night. Nobody wanted to trade. I wonder if the Jets got stuck. The uh, J- yeah, the Jets might have gotten stuck. That, in, in which case, I, I but it just... Well, but here's my other question about it. Everybody has just been, and rightfully so. They kicked the Jets, hit the draft out last year out of the park. Yeah, they had the best draft in the league. No, the Jets are back to being the Jets. It's great to see the Jets be the Jets again. Where did? Well, here's the other thing about it. Even if he was the guy at 42, even if they took him at 42, where's he playing? Bradley yeah. and a Michael Clemens, John Franklin Myers, Jermaine Johnson, Carl Lawson. Where are the snaps? Yeah, he he just. They just drafted Jermaine Johnson last year, and that was the steal of the draft last year because right. he fell like Nolan Smith fell. Right. There was going to be one edge guy. I thought it might have been because there's some rumors about injury with Tyree Wilson. Yeah. And he did fall further. I think a lot of people had him at two. Yeah. And, and he fell to seven. Well, because the Texans got it right. Right. I thought Van Ness was going to fall. Yeah. So I, I knew one of the edge guys was going to fall. And then obviously the Jets took McDonald instead of Nolan Smith, and that, that really caused Nolan right. Smith to fall even further. Weird pick. Weird. Weird so pick. that's who I – because 
say what you will about the Lions draft positionally. Yeah. At the end of the day, the NFL draft is about adding good players. Both of those guys are good. Now, you can no. say their skill set is antiquated. Come on. Jameer Gibbs is a good football player. You're, you can't Alex, sit here. And- they took Jameer Gibbs with DeAndre Swift and David well, they're Montgomery. they're trading DeAndre Swift. Uh, okay, so they still had three, two capable running backs on the roster. They were a top-five rushing team last year. Yeah. Without needing Jameer Gibbs. No, it's a bizarre pick. It's a bizarre pick, but it's it's a you know what it is? It's Dan Campbell, it's it's the kneecaps. Dan, Dan Cam- right Campbell, had his draft. Right. And he he goes in there and he takes a running back and an inside Mike linebacker like it's nineteen ninety five and he thinks he just supposedly won the draft. supposedly they were gonna take Gibbs at six and then the Cardinals called them. Yeah. So they're gonna take Gibbs ahead of Bijan. They added two good football players. Now you can Fine. say that their skill sets are antiquated, but yeah. I see how. Well, I see what Jack Campbell's role is going to be. You can tell me that his role is dated, but I know what his role is going to be. I know what he's yeah. going to do for them. I don't really know what Jameer Gibbs is going to do, but Ben Johnson is a wizard, and yeah. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, that's my thing. Even if I don't love the player, if I understand, if I can, it's what you talk about, Christian Gonzalez. I can see what the plan is for the Lions. You don't have to agree with the plan. It's a bad plan. Yeah, okay, you can think it's a bad and, play, and it's, but, well, it's but there's a plan. It's a good roster, and it's a good. Oh, it's sure, an, it's sure. an up and coming team, and they had an opportunity to really get better, uh, get and they better, didn't. and they. And they but didn't. but here's yeah. the, there is a plan. You can see the plan. You might yeah. not agree with the plan. You can see the plan. Yeah. What is the plan for Will McDonald in New York? Yeah, he's not going to play. I don't or, know. or or Jermaine Johnson's not going to play. Or what are they going to bench John Franklin Myers? Well, John Franklin Myers is more of an end, like a hand in the dirt end. I think Will McDonald is a, is a two point pass rusher, right? Like he's a he's a a Josh Uche. He's not as explosive as he, I don't think they're. So I wouldn't yeah. pro comparison him to Josh Uche, but his role is going to be very but I'm saying much they, like they, Josh Uche. They have so many guys in that mold. And they just added, like, what is the point? What I don't is know. The... I don't know. It was a head-scratcher. I, I, quite frankly, I think the other team that was a big head-scratcher for me last night, the Chicago Bears taking Darnell Wright that early, that was early. Now, I understand that there is some char- football character concerns, I think is how it con- continues to get labeled uh, on Broderick Jones. So maybe he wasn't squeaky clean for them uh, to take Broderick Jones with that pick. Uh, I like Darnell Wright a lot. But he's a player that is a right tackle. There's no way he's playing on the left side. And secondly, he's a guy that still has some things to work out in his game. He he lunges forward out of his stands. He ducks his head into contact. There's just some technical things. I, I think Darnell Wright's going to be a solid NFL pro. When you're picking, what was it, they were at? Tenth overall, right? When after they yeah. made that trade, a uh, tenth overall in a draft, you're not just trying to get a guy that you that you're just going to plug in and be like, okay, this guy's an average to an above average starter. You right. want somebody that's going to be a pillar, a a franchise type player. And not only did I don't I don't think that talent is there for him. He's also on the right side, so it, right. it's not even really the true premium position on the line. So I thought that pick was a little bit of a head scratcher. Nobody outdid the Lions for me. Besides, maybe I, I agree the Jets draft was uh, of Will McDonald. The Lions was, draft was, weird. was weirder. The Lions yeah. draft was weirder, but the Jets draft the Jets draft has what's the upside? The Jets draft has no upside. The Jets yeah. are the same team today that they were yesterday. The Lions got better. Now did they get better at the right things? Did they get better? They did. The I think is, we did, just know we They're better against the run in between the tackles. We but we know what we know about football at this stage is that those two positions, inside linebacker and running back, do not make your team significantly better. So, they don't move the needle. 
what I said was the Lions got better. Did they get better at things that matter is the question. So they, they, but, how did they get better then? On, on paper, they got better. They're better at defending the run in between the tackles. Uh, and they I got guess. faster, deeper in the backfield, and they added a legit receiving option out of the backfield. Do those two things matter? Like, to what extent do they matter? I don't know. What did the Jets get better at last night? That's fair. I, I just don't. That, what, that's what, my what point. What were the Jets going to, unless they, one of those tackles fell to them, it was going to be tough for the Jets, I think, at I that pick sneaky, to be. Well, you could trade back and add future assets. Now you're better equipped yeah, to move. I, I think you might be right. I think they might have been stuck. There was also one rumor out there that they wanted to reunite JSN with uh, Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. Yeah. That would have been a really good pick. Yeah, it that would have been a good pick. That would have scared me. That yeah. would have scared me, especially with Rodgers, with his ball placement. That like I was sure the Jets were taking JSN there. So the last thing I, I want to talk about, and then we can start to, to segue uh, into day two and take uh, some of the calls and things like that. Yep. The wide receiver run. As soon as JSN that was went, cool. went off the board at 20, I actually said to Paul, I said, well, here come all the receivers, right? And the next four picks were wide receivers. So we have JSN... Zay Flowers, Quinton Johnston, and Jordan Addison. I think I messed up Zay and, and Quinton Johnston. Uh, yeah, Quinton Johnston went before board. Zay. Uh, but regardless, those four guys went in four straight picks. So two things about this, that, yeah. I, that and then we're going to turn it into day two here. One, I think it's really interesting. We talked about this a lot on the show, our preview show, yeah. right before the draft. Would the league, Would the league adjust to the fact that this receiver class is kind of stinky? Oh, so right? now you admit that. Would they adjust or would the position value and all these other yeah. things about wide receivers nowadays just push a good, but uh, I would say a, a, a great, but not elite prospect in JSN up into the to 10 overall where some people had him or 11 or 12, you know, something right. like that. And Zay Flowers, you know, where was Zay Flowers going to go? It, it did as pumped up as I was about Christian Gonzalez seeing Zay Flowers go to Baltimore did break my heart a little bit I saw you got greedy you got a little greedy I got a little bit greedy you got a little greedy I thought maybe we were we were going to be on the phone to, to trade back up if he if he slid to like 30 or 31 I, I mean I, if he did maybe they would have maybe they would have so it's interesting that the league did adjust to yep. this receiver class with that being said, those were the four guys that were the the talked about first rounders in this class, and guys that I think went where they should probably would have gone in a lot of drafts. Quite yeah. frankly, you know, you would have had somebody or two or three guys in the top twenty. You know, a, a Devonte Smith level prospect, a Jamar Chase level prospect that in normal drafts would have gone ahead of them. Right. But JSN being the twenty overall pick makes sense. That's where he probably would have gone last year, honestly. Right. So now the question is for the Patriots as we. But would you've gone behind two running backs? Yeah, that's a good question. Now we look into t tonight in uh, day two. Can I get one thing on the receivers first? Yeah. So I, I thought it was really interesting. Three of the four, the landing spots are, like, perfect. Yeah. I think JSN, Seattle's going to have a young quarterback at some point in the near future. I don't think Geno Smith, like, it was a fun story last year. I don't think he's the yeah. long-term option. I do wonder with Tyler Lockett, like, how did, how they worked that out. But that's, I think. Well, Tyler Lockett's, like, 30. I know, but I just mean, like, in the short term. I think I, that I think was the first world problem. I'm just I, I also a, think that was more a pick for, they're going to be in the market for a quarterback next year. Yeah. And that was more a. Our rookie quarterback in 2024 is going to have a very quarterback-friendly wide receiver with NFL experience. Like I like the pick Maybe, in that regard. I, they could be taking Hendon Hooker tonight. So or they, or that or that's, Will that's, Levis that's, or Will Levis. Yeah, yeah. We didn't talk about that. Know. Um, we don't need to. I've said my piece. 
by the way, I was <laughs> you right. Were, you were right. I was right. You were Thank right. you. Uh, Zay Flowers and Baltimore, chef's kiss. Just no, outstanding. Uh, I, I don't want to talk about it's it. It's such a good fit, Evan. And they're going to do so much weird stuff with him and Lamar. You know And, like, that scheme stuff and th- design that touches. That might be my two favorite players in the league on the same team. And I'm not going to become a Ravens fan. Don't worry, everybody. Okay, but Lamar Jackson and Zay Flowers on the same team. You're going to put on that the, after, after week one. You're going to put on that all 22. You're going to light some uh, candles, dim the gonna, lights. It's going to be nice. That's going to be really fun. Just to leave me alone for an hour. Look, yeah. I, I, th- yeah, just can't be there for that. I think Jordan <laughs> Addison with the Vikings also makes a lot of sense because I, the thing with Jordan Addison to me, he's a really, really, really good number two. Yeah, I, I don't know that he's ever going to be that like caring receiver but yeah Vikings don't have to worry about that no we and, would and, assume they're gonna they're gonna pay uh Justin Jefferson yeah, and so you, you can see a little bit not he's not Justin Jefferson but they are of similar ilk of receiver right. I would say well, as but well I, I would say the other thing is Jordan Addison might be the luckiest player of any player who went in the first round because yeah. he is going to see single coverage his entire career. Well, JSN's got DK Metcalf on the outside, so he's going to have that That's too. That's true. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. They're different kinds of players, though. Like, yeah. You know, so not only you can put a shiftier guy on JSN because you're not putting the shifty guy on DK Metcalf. The corner you'd have covering Jordan Addison, you're putting on Justin Jefferson. So the only one I don't get is Quentin Johnston. They have a bunch of guys like that. They need yeah. a slot. They need a smaller guy. Maybe this means that Keenan Allen or, or uh, Mike Williams will become available in the near future. They just signed Mike Williams. I think that this is... They, that was a weird one. I think this is them knowing that Keenan Allen's days are numbered. In, Probably. In the league in general, I think, honestly, because that guy gets hurt a lot. Like, soft tissue stuff. It's not like he tears, you know, ACLs or Achilles, but it's a hamstring pull here. It's a quad bruise there, and, and he misses right. games and things like that. So I think they knew that or felt like they really needed another guy uh, to offset Mike Williams and prepare for an inevitable Keenan Allen three weeks out because he pulled a hammy, right? Uh, that sort of injury. But I, it was interesting that they decided to go with a different, uh, that same body type that, of Mike Williams. Now they just have two big explosive outside guys. Maybe they view Quentin Johnson as like uh, a guy that can move around a little bit more than, than the rest of us do. I, I, I don't know. You know, we'll, we'll see what they end up. That, doing that was there. the only one of the four. I was like, what, what are they thinking here? All right, so... Also, Antonio Brown just tweeted a picture of himself in a Ravens jersey. Okay, okay, Antonio Brown. Uh, Him and Zay Flowers? So let's get into uh, into day two here, and I'll take uh, Patty is on hold for us, and uh, and we'll get into some of our favorites on day two. Patty, how you feeling, Patty? I am feeling fine today, but um, I'll tell you what, I wasn't yesterday. I know I said I was going to call into PU, but... Uh, yeah, actually, pre-gamed a little too hard and passed out, <laughs> like right around pick eight or nine, and I didn't wake up till three thirty in the morning in bed and saying, "What? How the hell did I get here?" You know. That, um, so that's yeah, I'm going to take it easy tonight. <clears throat> Missed most of the draft, but uh, I I did. I mean, you guys know where I was going with Zay, how I wanted him, but I I love the Christian Gonzalez pick, and to me, this is, I mean, it just completely solidifies the back end of their defense. I think there's so much they can do now. Like there's, uh, you know, you could you could play um, Jalen at free safety. You could play Jonathan Jones at free safety. You could switch them up. You could have both of those guys back there. Um, but it's just, I mean, perfect guy, perfect fit. Can't wait to see like him grow into the role of that 
that true number one shutdown corner. And um, I'm hoping today that they they package up and they go get Darnell Washington. If they get those two guys, to me, this I mean, I'm 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 getting shades of 2010 when they took Devin McCourty and Gronk in the first and second round, respectively. And uh, I can't can't wait to see what they what they're going to do today. I was completely impressed. I just hope I don't get let down. Yeah, that... and getting let down will be taking Will Levis. <laughs> no, no yes. I, I don't want no, I don't want no part of that guy. I don't think that's, that's all happen. I got. Thank. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I just I don't think I think Levis is. I think quarterback in general is maybe once we get into day three, day three yeah. we start talking quarterback. DTR. But it sounds pretty uh, that pretty evident that quarterback is off the board in the first three rounds. Uh, Jeremy Fowler's reporting the Patriots were one of the teams aggressively trying to trade back into the first round last night. There you go. So maybe that was Zay before he came off the board. Maybe that was I. I got some theories. A guy they're moving up to get now. Are you gonna share him or? Yeah, I'm gonna share him. Right. Patty, thanks for the call, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks, Patty. Don't drink too much tonight. And uh, that would have that would have been weird to wake up from. Like I would have thought I was still passed out. They got Christian Gonzalez at seventeen. Yeah, what? I'm still asleep. Did they trade up? What? Uh, this isn't a dream, right? A, We're awake. Yeah. So, but with that, let, let's talk about some of our favorite guys tonight that the Patriots could go and get. I think there's some obvious safe picks tonight yeah. uh, that probably wouldn't get everybody all jazzed up like a receiver. Uh, a tight end or, or a wide receiver, I think both could fit it, it tonight uh, with what's still on the board. I think there are a few tackles that are worth talking about that are not guys that are going to, like I just said, necessarily make everybody uh, jump for joy. But a guy like Matthew Bergeron, uh, maybe in the third round tonight, somebody like Tyler Steen, Blake Freeland from BYU still on the board. I think a couple of those tackles are guys that you – I think could probably play as rookies if they had to. Maybe they're more pushed to guys that are starters after Thanksgiving this year yeah. and then into next year you go in thinking you have a starter. Uh, my guy Nick Saldaveri from Old Dominion, like I think he's another one in the third round tomorrow, uh, tonight, excuse me, like late tonight. But at the top of the second round, there is a route, Alex, for them to just take this draft and hit it onto Lansdowne Street. Yeah. And I think it's two guys for me. Okay, I have a three-player wish list. Three, three and a half. It's three and a half. Three or four. It's four. It's three. It's three. It's well, four. no. Okay, I'll, so. It's four. Brian Branch is a really good player. That's a good point. But yep. are they going to go back-to-back defensive back, right? Yeah. Like, I, right. I don't want to say I don't want them to take Brian Branch, but that would be, like, I don't want to say weird. You know what I mean? Yes. So, so I, he's not on my wish list because it's just they're not going to take another defensive back. So here's the thing. So it's so it's three. It's three players. Before we get into names, yeah. quickly, you mentioned that Jeremy Fowler reports the Patriots are trying to trade back into the first round last night. I 110% believe it for two reasons. One, them getting that extra fourth round pick was not a was not a fluke. Like that was not just a oh, we'll just take oh, it. Oh, no, no, no. This no. was a planned calculated move, in my opinion, because the second reason being the league doesn't like the draft. No. The league doesn't like the draft. And in particular, I don't think the league thinks the draft is at all deep. Like you're, that thing drops off steeply outside the top 100 this year, to the point where I think Phil Perry was on your station saying that he heard that specialists might start coming off the board in the fourth round. Oh, that'll be fun. 
because at that point, people are just like, we're not getting any starters or any guys that project as starters for us down the road. So let's just take the punter here instead of waiting a round or two for the punter. So the Patriots have 11 more draft selections. They want to consolidate picks. They don't want to let, they don't want a 12 person draft class. And why not be aggressive in a draft that right now is really where the sweet spot of the draft is. And if they want to hit a grand slam onto Lansdowne street tonight, I think there are two guys that fit that bill for me. Now that they went defense in round one, one of them is Josh Downs from UNC. Yeah. And that, that picture is out on the internet now of there was a UNC game on a laptop in the Patriots war room last night. And it would make sense that if it was, then maybe it'd be him. I think there's some other guys. If you want to play devil's advocate, uh, Somebody that had a really, really good game against UNC last year who I think might be on their list is Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame. Had a great film against UNC last year. But Josh Downs is – we've been talking about him for months as day two Zay Flowers, right? He is very, very similar in skill set. I don't think he's quite as dynamic uh, with the football in his hands after the catch as Zay Flowers is. But – he does a lot of the same things as Zay. He's sneaky fast for a slot receiver. He's got that jitterbug quickness at the first and second level to create separation and get open. He would be a Wes Welker, Julian Edelman type of selection, like that yeah. type of idea for Bill O'Brien, which we know in Bill O'Brien's offense, I'll keep stressing it, quickness is key. Quickness wins in this offense. Guys that can get open quickly – at the top of the route are always going to succeed in Bill O'Brien's offense. So a guy like Josh Downs and I've really come around at this point to Darnell Washington because with Darnell Washington and Christian Gonzalez, you have two of the specimens of the draft, two of the best athletes at their positions in the draft, two of the best athletes overall, I think yeah. in the draft. And now you have a chance that uh, Patty mentioned it, a Devin McCourty, Rob Gronkowski, formula like that's the idea the 2010 draft the top the top two picks if you hit on both of those players then you just hit on two as bill parcells would call it planet guys right you just hit on two guys that can really change the way that things go i hope it's a pass catcher tonight i think that the it calls for a pass catcher because some of these tight ends lasted right michael mayer didn't go in the first round right dalton kincaid was the only tight end to go in the first round and the bill said they drafted him as a receiver yeah, and the in the wide receivers, once you get past like Mingo and Tillman, and you know maybe some of the slots, I think you're really starting to talk about complementary guys and guys that are going to be third and fourth receivers in the league, and not necessarily even a one or a two. So I think Josh Downs, I think Mingo, those are two guys that I really look at tonight as impact potential at that spot because of. Downs' his craftiness and Mingo's athleticism. So those are those are the three guys I'm looking at. Okay. Mingo, I'll add in because I'll give my list of yeah. three. Mingo, Downs, Washington. I'm okay with a tackle, uh, but I think you can wait on tackle until the third and fourth round. So I just think in terms of like specifically trading up from 46, the three guys I'd like to see them go get. Darnell Washington, yep. like you said, generational player, planet player. Um, I, he gives them something they don't have. He add, like People say, why not Michael Mayer? I don't know that Michael Mayer really adds anything. Maybe he's you know an upgrade Michael over Mayer Hunter is? Henry. I think he's Hunter Henry who can block. Right. So, like, as a receiver, he's a lot like Hunter Henry. Yeah. Darnell Washington's just different. Uh, yeah. Josh Downs is on there. Yep. 
And then I know you said you don't want to tackle. If they move up and get Dewan Jones, I'm going to be pretty happy. Uh, yeah, I forgot he was still Because there. he's yeah. like, again, it's that kind of thing where he's just a different kind of player. Yeah. Right? And if they can get him, lock up. I know he's a right tackle, not a left tackle, but you lock up that right tackle spot long term. You're in pretty good shape. Yeah. You get him in the building to learn from Trent Brown for a year. I'd feel pretty good about that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I I would put Dewan Jones on a on a short list as well. Those are just three guys. I I guess Darnell Washington and Dewan Jones are two guys. I think Downs is just a great scheme fit yeah. and would just be a really good player here because of the skill set. But Dewan Jones and Darnell Wright. Those are just two specimens. They're just right. different human beings than some other people in this draft. I think Mingo's like the poor version of that. Like he's in that category too. There's not a whole lot of guys at 220 pounds that run four four six. Like that's right. that's moving for that size. So I, I think those three guys in terms of athletic profiles really reach a different level. There are some of those edge guys that are still hanging around. We've talked to Edge before, uh, maybe in the first round, because they met with all those edge guys uh, in the uh, in the thirty visits. A guy like Isaiah Foskey, who I just mentioned, Keon White, Keon White, yeah, who I feel really bad for because all of us could have told the NFL that Keon White wasn't going last night, and they still invited him to the draft for some reason. And the poor guy has to sit there in the room and, and look like a moron. Uh, so Keon White, uh, I think. Not my guy in this yeah. draft, but somebody that maybe they would be interested in if they wanted to go in that direction. But I truly feel like now there's enough depth in this edge class that, you know, a Shrine Bowl guy like Tyrese Wheat in the fourth round. Like, right, like yeah. let's just take care of it then. Uh, but a tackle receiver, and I, I put tight end and wide receiver and, you know, as pass catchers, playmakers, that, that's where I think they have to go. Because at this point, you got your corner. It was a need. It lined up perfectly. Need and talent on the board. It was right, you know, right in the wheelhouse yeah. to take a corner. Now you got to go and and put some points on the board. You, you got to find a way to help Mac Jones out and Bill O'Brien out and get them some some weapons and some guys that they can move around and they can use in the passing game a little bit. It, what what else do you see them doing tonight? Because I I see some trades, a lot of trades. Oh yeah, and I think that they might end up actually trading up. Not once, but maybe even twice. Like I, I wouldn't rule out a trade up from forty six and a trade up from seventy six, or maybe uh, they do that. Not a great example of the player, but just this trade itself. The Dalton Kincaid of the two fourth rounders to move back into the third round to get one more pick tonight. I think all those things are are on the table, but the trade up from forty six seems like it might be almost a lock at, at this point. I'd, I I'd be surprised if that didn't happen. I'd like to see. So I think the trade up from forty six is happening. I would like to see if they can add a top one hundred pick. So they have two right now, right? Forty six and seventy six. Can they somehow add one more? Right? You said two fourths for a third or something like that. Yep. They they don't need four fourth round picks and four six round picks. They got to right. package some of those and and create a, a top 100 pick that doesn't currently exist. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Is there anybody else that maybe you don't – well, you mentioned Brian Branch. I think yeah. that's a good conversation to have quickly before we wrap here. Uh, Brian Branch is a player that some team is going to ignore that the combine wasn't great for him right. and just take a really good football player. And if you put Brian Ban Branch in this secondary, it might not be a real immediate need, uh, but – it feels like your secondary, especially if you can keep Kyle Duggar here with Duggar, the Joneses, 
Gonzalez and Branch. Like that's a secondary that you can have together, kind of like that secondary with McCordy yeah. and Armin and Ryan and all the Rutgers guys that was together for so long and, and did such a great job here. I I just if they had taken JSN or not a corner at yeah. fourteen or seventeen or whatever, right? We're sitting here today. Brian Branch is a no brainer. Like that's going to be their pick. Yeah. So that's why I can't get away from it. Like he makes them a better team. He does, and he's definitely a fit for them, like a prototypical fit for them. It's just a matter of, are they really going to use their first two picks, their two top 50 picks, on the same position? Yeah. In a position that, I know we said corner was a need coming in. It's not like that kind of need. I think, so, I agree with you. I think that if they drafted Brian Branch, they'd view him as a safety. Right. And I think that ultimately, you know, we talked about this when Devin McCourty officially retired. Losing a guy like Devin McCourty, and look, they have great safeties already. Yeah. Duggar, Phillips, Peppers. But losing a guy like Devin McCourty is, it's a lot. It's a lot to replace, not only on the field, just from a schematic skill set perspective, but you essentially lost a coach as well back there. And I think Brian Branch, from a skill set standpoint, at least could come in and do a lot of the same things that Devin McCourty did for your secondary. I don't know if he's like a true center fielder. I I don't know if he's that, but he's somebody that has the flexibility to play deep or play in the slot and, and come down in the box a little bit like Devin used to do at times with that cornerback background. I, I think that he's got a lot of things that they would really love, and I'm sure Saban had to have loved him because he put a ton of mental responsibility on Brian Branch's plate. You know, he played that star role in Saban's defense, which is, you know, the Minka Fitzpatrick role, the Brian Branch role. Like, that's a huge role for Nick Saban. And I think that that's a guy uh, that the Patriots just have to, from a football perspective, he's a football player. He's my, he's not an athlete in, in spandex in Indy, but he's just a plain football player. And uh, lastly, uh, before we go, quarterback. And can, can we? Can you? You can take your Will Levis victory lap. I, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to serve it up to you right now to take a Will Levis victory lap. And I just want to briefly. I think we both have sort of heard a little bit about what the heck is, yeah. happened last night for Will Levis, uh, who did not go in the first round. Some people Reddit told me he was going first myself, and second overall. Some people thought he was going to go in the top two picks in the draft. I think a lot of people thought that maybe the Texans would take him over C.J. Stroud even at number two. They didn't. So, Will Levis still there? Where does he go? Why is he still available? What, what what's your thought? What's your take? And what's your victory lap? Go ahead. So I've heard some things that he did not interview well. Yeah. And he didn't get great reviews from teammates. Yeah. Which I could see. I heard the same. Um, I think teams are also wary of how much work there is to do. Yeah. And good on NFL teams for getting this right. Just because a guy looks like Josh Allen coming out of college does not mean he's going to be Josh Allen. This is a guy that. Through 26 passes per game over the last two years, and a quarter of those are behind the line of scrimmage. Less than two to one touchdown to interception ratio. Massive, massive, massive project. That's a day two guy. Yeah. That is a textbook day two guy. Where does he go? You know, I, I think he'll go early here on, on day two. I look at the Cardinals at 33 if, if they're not sold on Kyler, and obviously he's a different head coach and GM now. I look at Seattle 37. I look at the Raiders at 38. I look at the Saints at 40. Yeah. And by the way, those are all, outside of maybe the Cardinals, those are all landing spots for Hendon Hooker as well. Yeah. So, uh, did I just say Colts? If I said Colts, I didn't mean to say no, Colts. No, you didn't. Okay, because that's Anthony Richardson. Yeah, but, no, I, yeah. I actually, I really feel like a, a great marriage for him is, is in Seattle because Seattle has Geno. 
they're at least Gino's at least the starter for 2023. Yeah, and, and that allows Levis to sit behind Gino for a year and, yeah. and learn. And then also, if he does end up playing either this year or next year, you have DK, you have JSN. Yeah, you have a good, really good system. You have for a really him. good system, really good setup for him. So I, I could see that being the case. I like the Raiders for him too. Yeah, he, he'd probably be okay in it's Vegas. It's similar. It's yeah. similar idea. With Devontae Adams and Jacoby now and, and Renfro. And obviously Josh McDaniels. Uh, yeah. yeah. You mentioned uh, some of the reviews and the meetings. There was a – I don't know where Peyton Manning said this. Yeah. But uh, Peyton Manning mentioned somewhere on, on either, like, you know, one of his streams or something like that on ESPN that he – did like a lot of uh remember Gruden used to do those like little Oh, those were the best with the, the, the QB with the room. Yeah. Oh, those and, were so good. Yeah, and he would just torture those kids. Yeah, and Peyton mentioned that uh Levis went into the QB room and started asking Peyton about endorsement deals. Yeah. And like how how you know how did Peyton go about getting on commercials and getting endorsement yeah. deals? Because let's face it, Peyton was all over the place. I mean, he's the yeah, he's branded himself very the, cut that meat. Might be the cut. one thing he did better than Brady. Maybe, yeah. maybe. <laughs> one thing he did. Uh, so Peyton was all over the place, but yeah. years into his career, yeah, rookie Peyton Manning, at least from my uh, remembrance, and I was young back then but from what i remember it was a couple years down the line yeah. that until peyton started showing up in commercials but levis was picking his brain not about football not about the draft not about the process right. not about football uh, but how peyton branded himself and how peyton became a, a celebrity on and off the field and uh if that's if he was giving any of those vibes off the teams that he was more concerned about will levis the brand than he was the football player that this league's still old school like that, right? Like that's right. that's a big turnoff, and the, I think it's interesting that he came here and he visited with the Patriots. If he had, if they had any inclination that he was like that whatsoever, there is no way in hell Will Levis is on the Patriots board. No yeah. way, because at that position, you have to be hungry and you have to work at it and you have to be here first one in last one out type of guy and quite honest I think their quarterback now has he, that he was the last one out of the green room I think he has that and you can say what you want about Mac you know you can say about the you know the physical upside and how he played and handled himself last year but nobody questions that guy as a worker no he's in this building all the time and, I, and you need that I think at least with his teammates I know obviously people are going to say oh the coaches with his teammates he's done a very good job of building relationships right you see him all yeah. the time right he had the draft party last year remember when yeah. he was at his house they were yeah. bowling a couple weeks ago he's setting up the throwing sessions things like that from my understanding, his teams wonder if Will Levis will be that guy right. that can command a locker room. I, I don't not I, it's not a Zach Wilson thing where he's like a bad person, right? Zach right. Wilson actively pushed that locker room away. I don't think will the concern with Will Levis it's that, but it's will he embrace it? Will they embrace him? Well, let's face it, Will Levis likes likes will, himself some Will Levis. It makes one person. <laughs> All right. So I think of 33 that, that aren't as high on. I'm it. glad we got to do this because we got to. Uh you know, put all of our thoughts out there about the Patriots first round pick Christian Gonzalez. Talk a little bit about day two and set the table for Morell. What is an extremely busy day 
here on Patriots.com. We got assistant coaches coming up here in a few minutes. That's where Alex and I are going to jet to. Christian Gonzalez on the field at around 5 p.m. Uh, to introduce uh, him to the world here in New England and in Foxborough. And then we got... Day two, round two and three of the draft tonight. We'll be live uh, from 7 to 10 here on Patriots.com uh, talking Patriots draft and carrying you through at least one, hopefully maybe a couple of the Patriots picks here tonight. Uh, so be sure to tune back in around 7 uh, for our draft show here tonight. And Alex and I will be back next week uh, with another Catch-22 uh, to break down the rest of the Patriots draft. Alex, if we have to break down 11 more picks, <laughs> Morel, you might want to you know, get a sleeping bag or something yeah, like might that have to back be a there. That might be a two-parter. But, yeah, we'll be back next week to break down the rest of the draft. But thanks for hanging out with us in uh, 7th and tonight for uh, rounds 2 and 3 on Patriots.com. We'll see you guys then. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.